right, KISS Army. Welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. We hope that you enjoy. 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 Welcome to episode 309 of the KISS FAQ Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gill, admin on the KISS FAQ message board. And today I'm joined by Marcus Almighty. Mark. Greetings. 69th Blizzard, Ken. Hello. And Weez, Daniel. Hi there. All right, so big news. Yes, board updates. I slapped a new coat of paint on the cesspool, so it's now peppermint-flavored cesspool. Still the same old content, the same old, same old, but it performs better from a technical perspective, so I'm happy. Yes. And that's ultimately what matters. Uh, one of the things I'm going to be doing is, uh, you know, it allows me to keep it up to date with less customizations, but uh, I'm also going to probably add a couple of premium sections into there where people can go in and check out scans of my folders, which here's one that I've started scanning. This one. Holy shit. That is... Uh, <laughs> it's so big it disappeared. It's yeah. so big it disappeared, yeah. yeah. That's what she said. Um, uh, that is actually just the KISS file. So up wow. through August 1974, and I've got one for every album every year. Not all as girthy as that. I think I've already put up 200-something scans of it. I had them up on Facebook, but I they were too low res, so deleted them. So that'll be one of the things that is available to premium subscribers of the KISS FAQ. Uh, ultimately, it's just going to be if you want to chuck me some bucks to help with the nearly 2000 a year in running costs to keep that message board up, then... Th- that's what you'll do, but you'll also mm. get something in return for it. Um, other news, KISS came in at number 15 on the Polestar mid-year top 100 worldwide tours list, for what it's worth, because obviously no mm. one's really been on tour now for several months. But some interesting numbers, average attendance for 2020, 8585 per show, an average ticket price, and this is important really, 131 bucks per ticket. That's really good. Uh, it has not skewed down towards the $100 mark, which would have shown papering or have, you know, shown, um, you know, kind of a, a, a lessening in interest. So that was a really good number. Average gross of, you know, 1.1 million per show. Still very strong in comparison with last year's numbers. And total number of tickets sh- uh, sold for 19 shows, 163,000. So I pulled up my spreadsheet because uh, I do have the individual show numbers for the vast majority of these. And, yeah, that shows that the shows that I don't have da- data for yet, you know, had really been very successful for the band. Um, that's it for news, I guess new product coming the big one is tomorrow the rock and roll residency is releasing a seven track album on Bandcamp, which uh, you can already sample the first song on which is an instrumental really cool because obviously everyone knows the sort of music and inspiration that these guys have so check that out um dress to kill back on pre-order on kiss online now what's not clear about that is whether it's a second pressing of the red vinyl or something or whatever i don't know disappeared uh, is it back has it gone it was on and then it and then it disappeared and now you can't even find it because i can understand if it had uh you know if they hadn't been able to fulfill all the orders or the interest with pressing plant shutting down uh because of covid and whatnot that they may have double-barreled it but i don't know as far as i know it's 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 not there anymore so let's the talk last, dub, the last dub, yeah you know let, let's find out i was on there early it was still there but uh we shall see i'm not interested i i already missed it you already showed off yours i already so have it yeah. you're already happy but uh double platinum has been announced as the next bundled thing um what are you, Ken, uh, let me start with you. What are your thoughts on that? Have you checked out all the options, all the the possibilities? Yes. So uh, I saw the options, and yeah, there's the bundle, and then there's two versions of picture discs. One which was <laughs> one which was limited to 
500 copies and i believe it's it sold out as as of yesterday the 500 and then the other one uh picture discs um is you know uh, like a 60 dollar price i think yeah the other the, the limited one was 200 bucks um and but being me <laughs> You bought it, of course. I bought I bought that, and I, I bought both. I bought both. The problem is, I know the problem is for me though. You know, it's like, first of all, picture discs. You can't really you can play them, but they don't sound good. I, I haven't had too many. I don't believe picture discs that have sounded good um, at all. But you do open your stuff. I do. Uh, I do wrapped. open them, checking them out. Yeah. So. What I say here is these are more for these kind of picture discs are, are more for hanging on the wall kind of thing yeah. versus playing. I'm just surprised that they should have had the 500 of the one limited one. And then the other one could have been a silver vinyl or something vinyl color vinyl that still sounds good. It's not a picture pressed, you know, in between the, the wax or whatever. Um, and something that or you know audiophile type copy, uh, you know half speed, you know recorded at half, speed, you know, whatever, <laughs> you know one of those things. Um, but something that you know someone wants to buy it, some of these people are going to want to they're buying it to listen to it. Uh, well, yeah, well some people, yeah, I, I listen to it, I like it, but I listen to it too. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I know they had the one from Europe, right? Uh, a year ago, double platinum, and that sounds great. Of course, I have that one. <laughs> but yeah, I as for the rest of the stuff, I didn't buy anything. I mean, a couple of the shirts look pretty nice. A couple of this or yeah. that. I might get a shirt that has that special ink that looks like it's reflective of some sort, a different kind of ink. I forget the, what they call it, the type of ink. But yeah, they could have done a lot better there, Julian. Um, on this, I would have, I would have done it differently. For sure. Daniel, any thoughts on this package or some of the items? Well, um, if you're into that stuff, I think it's an okay package. Uh, kind of cool looking picture discs. I really like the retro shirt that you could get with that package. Just some simple triangles and double platinum 78. I like those, those more. You know, not so much a band picture and the big Kiss logo over everything on the shirt. I like it a bit more. It should look like, you know, they released some some T-shirts when they did the Unmasked thing. They they released some T-shirts with Gene and Paul uh, in makeup from 1980, some sort of Japanese text on the side, and it looked like a T-shirt from the mid-'80s in the coloring. Mm. Uh, I kind of like that one as well. But I came across, I don't know if you have this one, Ken, the Royal Highnesses bootleg dynasty package. Have I you do seen not that, have one? that one. No, you I should do check, not. Sh- check out that one. On, on There's, a, there's a, 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 a movie on YouTube when he's unboxing the, the uh, Royal Highnesses. Looks really cool if you're into LP, LPs. And um, I think it's. Um, Two shows from uh, the Dynasty Tour on uh, four dis- uh, LPs, mm-hmm. and you get a nice booklet and uh, uh, a few other things. It looks really, real, real good. So check that out. Uh, but I, I won't buy any of these LPs. Uh, but I think it's good that they're doing something at least. But uh, it's the same old, same old. Uh, we want to see something new, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, better than nothing. Yep. Maybe something new next year. Mm-hmm. Mark, what's your thought on uh, double platinum in the package? Or well, um, I, I'm insulted. I'm just going to say that right now <laughs> because it, this this is yet another release where they're just taking the lazy way out. They're taking the same masters yeah. pressing the same thing again this time on a picture disc you know i mean you know i liked ken's idea if you're going to release this stuff why not send it over to you know 
somebody at Abbey Road and say, listen, you know the guy who's working at the half-speed mastering booth? Tell him to, you know, give this a once-over. So at least we can say that there's something, at least audio-wise, different a little bit with this, and not the same old, tired 2014 or whatever it is, um, remasters that they've been releasing over and over and over and over again. And poor people like Ken who are just hooked on these kind of things are be having their wallets vacuumed bullet. out of all money. You know, this, this is unbelievable. And like $200 for picture discs. I mean, Ken just said it himself. I mean, these things don't even sound good, you know, I mean, and you're paying that much money for it. Like really? I mean, I'm insulted as somebody who tries to put out my own albums and tries very desperately hard to make it as good sounding as I possibly can for the pre people who spend their money. That to me is an insult. It really is. I mean, you know, Ken's going to give a $200 for, for that. I mean, I feel sometimes bad having to ask Ken for $35 for my records sometimes, you know, <laughs> you know, I mean, come on, you know, like this is unbelievable, but I will say this. I do like some of the t-shirts. At least that is something different. This is something I haven't seen a hundred thousand times. Some of the designs are maybe designs I've never seen before. Maybe they aren't new, but they're maybe new to me. Right. But I, those things are far more interesting to me. I'm far more interested in buying a T-shirt from these things than any of the albums, you know. And, and you know me, I love records. I love collecting albums. I still have a huge, you know, collection of Kiss albums, and I'll, I'll never get rid of them because I love them. But you know, it just bugs me that when they have an opportunity to do something different, and especially now, okay, COVID has stopped a lot of things, but it's also made some things available like you know some of these places are actually starting to look for work again now as they're reopening so why not take advantage of it and say hey listen you know what how about a half speed master of revenge next time for the next thing that we release you know we'll think about it like you, you don't want to make a new record fine but maybe try something different with your reissues yeah i'm, I'm gonna side a little bit with mark because i thought those picture discs looked like shit i thought the designs being based off <laughs> the uk picture sleeve from 1978 um just don't appeal to me if they rock your world fine um there's 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 issues i have with this whole thing double platinum the the platinum award had so much scope to be really awesome and instead they just do the mylar background instead of like doing a mirror something to make it pop make it fantastic um the t-shirts I, I don't like that triangle one because that doesn't seem legit for mm. the era. The yeah. other one, which basically slaps the cover of that god-awful UK single on the front, on the back it's got a great Kiss logo, which is basically the 1974-75 uh, promo sticker that they used to give out, which is, you know, a, a total shame. A lot of it seems... Well, I'm not going to say lazy... But simply not to my taste. Simply applying the band's aura colors to those line art. I mean, the only thing that would have been worse is if they'd used the Australian double platinum drawings, which basically <laughs> turned all of them into trolls. Um, that's the only thing that could be worse than that UK art. But whatever. I think yeah. you should should put your money on Royal Highnesses instead. I just looked it up. Four picture discs, uh, both uh, nights in Providence in 79 are recorded. Uh, you get a big folder, color poster, mini color promo pyramid, five postcards, fold out displays, replica button, and a book with 76 pages. I mean, the fans know how to do it. Yeah. Uh, I... Kiss don't. I, I agree, because I, I, one of the rare times I've ever bought a bootleg album, I bought that Kiss Hydraulic, and that thing was like, a, I think it's San Francisco or something from like 77 or 76, but it, you come, it comes with these really nice guitar picks, it has a nice poster, nice red, I, I mean, they really went to town with this package, and I really thought it was worth it for the money I spent, I think it was like... 60 70 bucks but it was worth it like the the guitar picks are really cool all the things that came with it far better than any release that kiss has done in my opinion yeah i always get pissed off at those boxes because i'm more of the purist where it's about the recordings 
and once they're mm. all tarted up and repackaged the bootleggers do a fantastic job on them without a doubt and are absolutely exceeding what the record company can do because you know what they don't have to be concerned with rights or paying anyone royalties they take any fucking photograph any piece of text <clears throat> anything they want and slap it all together including stuff that they've lifted directly off my website that i've written in some cases which has been uh included cut and paste from you know quotes from other you know, fanzines and articles throughout the the ages. So yeah, it's easy for a bootlegger to do a great job because someone else has already done all the work. Someone else has taken the photos. Someone else has mastered the audio. Someone else has done everything. All they're doing is coming in, being complete bottom feeders, and making it look pretty for people who are going to throw three hundred and fifty bucks at them and walk away laughing. They're not going to pay the artist. No, but but Kiss could do a lot more. They have loads of, of uh, photos and, no, they can't. and stuff. They don't have rights to the vast majority of this stuff. They don't have the rights, and it's not worth the investment, uh, the cost of what it would take to license everything, to do it properly, to pay the publishers, to pay the writers, uh, to track down everything in terms of photos, to pay people to do layouts. It's just not cost-effective to sell 300 no, copies. No, and they would actually have to put in some some uh, some effort. And, um... Well, someone would. They Kiss isn't going to put in any effort. They're going to have no, someone no, no. do it for them, but universal. Yeah. Some underpaid fan most most of the time. Seems to be a thing with Kiss. They they hire their fans and <laughs> I don't know what they pay them. But they're a smart move. I mean, if you look back, I remember that Spiro guy playing Gene Simmons. Suddenly he was like the tour manager or something. And then you know, you have you have the, the the guy now who's doing the cruise. And even Andrew's talking about wanting to be hired by Kiss. And I don't I I'm not expensive. He said that's always somewhere, <laughs> but, 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 but I know, so typical kids. I get it. Too. There's there's a certain uh, cachet that people yeah. kind of build up in their heads about getting to work with the band on an mm. official project. Those who get to do it, congratulations to them. Those who do it and never get a credit and don't care about it but contribute to make it better for fellow fans, they're more the people that I yeah. respect and you know, um, kind of admire because mm. you don't mm. know yeah. their names. And, mm. you know, as, as I've, I guess, recently found out, you know, getting listed in a, in a thank you on official product is very cool, but yeah. it's not the end-all, be-all of what you're doing. Number one, you got to remember, you're still just a freaking fan. And mm -hmm. that's why we come back to what I said a moment ago, that I'm more interested in the music on these bootleg sets than going out and buying a pair of double platinum shot glasses. That, that really yeah. is to me and has always been what I am more interested in. I am interested in the music. I am, un, I am interested mm -hmm. in the unreleased recordings. I am in, interested in getting a plus one generation of a show and having it sound marginally better depending on how many beers I've, I've had. Yeah, well, I mean, in my defense, though, that one that I bought, it, was a, it is a decent soundboard. I mean, I've, I'm with you. I, I like getting decent sounding audio and that's why i bought this other one uh that was, a, was an early memphis show and it's on this like orange vinyl and it sounds horrendous i mean when i put it on it sounded like they were playing underwater like some they stuck them in an aquarium or something and they lowered microphones into the water and they just played underwater it sounded so crap i was so disappointed and pissed off i literally mm. got rid of it the next day i mean but that's the thing i mean I'm not saying that bootleggers always do the right thing or the best thing, but they're occasionally like that one that I got, it sounds really good actually for a, a show. It's a board recording. So, and those are the ones I always talk about whenever I talk about these bootleg albums is that I'd never want to go and buy them because a lot of these people who are selling them, they don't say whether it's soundboard. They said, this is a fantastic record, just $200 for this whole pack. Then you get into some crappy sounding audio, you know, it's like, I don't want that. If I'm gonna drop that much, at least make it a soundboard recording. It's yeah. so fun to see. I saw a guy. I'm in a Facebook. I just joined a Facebook group uh, that's called Kiss Nerds of Sweden. Very good group. <laughs> <laughs> it's excellent. And there was a guy who posted the, this um, Providence, uh, the, the picture discs uh, from mm -hmm. Providence uh, called Royal Highnesses. And it was real fun to read what people wrote. Oh, it looks great, fantastic, Kiss porn. And then like. After 77 people had written, someone wrote, how does it sound? <laughs> because yeah. to some people, it doesn't really matter. And uh, 
to some people it's it's the most important thing so it's different uh, different opinions different yeah. uh, things that we find important some people just like how it looks the next uh, guy he put a picture of his 21 love gun records and you know that was his thing he had 21 yeah. editions of, of love gun so there's all kinds of kiss fans so so that's cool for kiss they can they can pretty much release anything and you have you have a, a, a bunch of people that will buy it yeah i made that mistake with alive okay what i, what I had yeah. what was it a hundred and something of them and i still can't hundred i still yeah. can't get rid of the freaking swedish blue labels i mean <laughs> it, it drives me absolutely insane um but in terms of these bootleggers i mean i i just get so pissed off because i look up on my wall right here and i've got 14 masters so all mm -hmm. that shit that's out there, it's like it's not as good as what I have up there. It's been messed around with. It, it's not that I have the masters because obviously some of these are out, and and that's perfectly fine. The moment you share one, it, it's a risk. It's that they mm -hmm. they present it as something that exclusive, that we've done this. No, you didn't. You didn't do any of the legwork to <laughs> get these. You didn't, you mm -hmm. know, spend five thousand dollars and have. 4,500 of that be a complete waste in order to get one gem. So they just mm. have zero... They don't do any effort, I think, is what bothers me. And cut, cutting and pasting, yeah, coming from me, I shouldn't complain about cutting and pasting when you look at the Kiss album Focus, which was cut and paste uh, <laughs> quotes all stitched together, pretty much. But there we go. Um, in other product, uh, now it's uh, you know obviously been publicized, Origins Volume 1 is coming out on a double picture disc uh, limited to a thousand copies 500 of which will include a signed insert so you can go to e1 heavy for exclusive purchasing there and yes that's the one i was invited to do liner notes for i'm very honored that i was invited even considered um mm -hmm. and it was a wonderful opportunity but i think the picture discs look great and it'll tide you over until origins volume two, two. is released and uh you know ace has had no shortage of product out to support mm -hmm. his albums um spaceman had i think a rainbow of flavors and now you're getting mm -hmm. a, a picture disc with some very cool stuff in it so check out e1 heavy for details on ordering either of the versions of that which gets us into i guess the first part of our topic or the first topic off the board today is reissue madness ken um is it going well is it getting a bit nuts is it pointless what's being missed what are your thoughts on reissues and everything that's going on in relation to kiss yeah well i i don't really i don't understand the rhyme or reason first of all when you talk about at least the the vinyl lps uh at first it looked like they're in a uh every anniversary of an album there's going to be a a release for instance you know we had rock and roll over and uh came out and it came out like on an orange clear one and They've, I mean, this, these are the ones they've had. They've had the first album, right? Had the color. Hotter in Hell did. Just to Kill Now. Uh, Destroyer. And Destroyer Resurrected. Yeah, yeah, Destroyer and Destroyer Resurrected both have mm -hmm. a color. Um, Rock and uh, Roll Lover. Lo Love Gun? What the heck? And it's <laughs> the anniversary of Love Gun right now, so I haven't heard anything, really, other than they say, oh, it's, you know, and don't, don't start talking about the dates, because I know someone's released this date or that date. It's it released in June 77. <laughs> That's good enough for me. But yeah. they could have done something with that. I haven't seen anything. I said, well, why did they skip that? And, and then, so, I, I don't understand how they're going about releasing this stuff. I mean, Double Platinum came out in, uh, I think, early April in, in, in 78. Um, so, it's kind of off it's not an even or odd or whatever a five you know year increment or a 10 year type increment now it's just whatever is coming out and they and and what happened to unmasked they they did the package but no no vinyl on that one no color that that one is the perfect opportunity to do a picture disc in my opinion that one um, or not splattered vinyl or the exactly a splattered vinyl so so what's going on with that so 
I don't understand the rhyme or reason. They should just do something every other month and pick, you know, go down the line of the albums and, and do something. The other thing is, what are they doing? They're not doing any CDs. The only thing, the only time you see a CD now is like it's, for instance, the Japan, right? It's mm-hmm. coming out with uh, in August the double platinum, the uh, best of the solo album CD, and what's the other one? Oh, Smashes to Ashes, I think. So, what what's happening at that? And other artists, I always see these other artists that have expanded editions. I always see CDs come out for these other artists. I don't know why Kiss can't have. I mean, yes, they did the Love Gun one, but they did it again. That was a a bad. Uh, <laughs> they didn't do it right. They just they just didn't use the right to, uh, stuff on the on the second. CD of that mm-hmm. the right material, so a little bit maybe, but they could have done a lot better there. So I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I like the other stuff. It's okay, the shirts and stuff. Um, I would like to have the more the classic release of the real shirts that came out at the time. I mean, exact duplicates of the 70s or 80s shirts, stuff like that. Um, but I, I think there's just something missing there. I. They need to do, and, and Julian, you talked about the, the bootlegs and stuff, and Kiss can't do, you know, what the bootlegs Well, then have Kiss just stamp, uh, you know, have a brown-type box of a bootleg of 77 time or whatever, and it'll just have the Kiss logo on there, Love Gun, whatever, and then put, you know, the albums and whatever else in this package. Don't worry about the pictures or anything. Make it look like a bootleg actual bootleg um and not official and get it out that way i guess i I don't know daniel um i think uh ken uh, said it very well um i'm i'm uh, having the same thoughts i mean they they tried to do something with love gun and, and destroyer resurrected uh they were pretty poorly done however, and uh, didn't sell a lot. So, so they tried it at least, but when it doesn't sell, they, of course, stop doing it. And this is just an easy buck, you know, releasing stuff, it's safe, releasing the same old, same old, they know people will buy it. So, of course, it's an, it's an easy buck instead of putting in the effort and adding something and just uh, selling maybe even less when they alter the albums. So that's very unfortunate that they didn't manage to to do a, a great deluxe version the first time around. So it sold, then we would have seen more of them. Mm-hmm. Now I don't think we will see any more for at least some time. Uh, and they will keep on releasing this type of uh, vinyl because it's it's I guess it's pretty cheap to do and they 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 they, they can sell it pretty at pretty hefty prices. So uh, I don't know. Uh, I hope they come up with something else than than these uh, vinyl releases in the future. But um, I'm not uh, counting on it. Uh, I do, however, like that they have added a few, you know, T-shirts that looks kind of cool. So that's at least something. But um, I'm I'm uh, I'm not getting my hopes up. Uh, we'll see what happens in the future. I think the Destroyer Resurrected. Idea was great, but uh, it fell a bit short of the mark. Uh, they didn't really manage to to make it um, real, uh, you know, cool. Uh, we've talked about deluxe versions a lot of times on this show, and I've heard a million times better ideas than what they actually released on this show. But I guess they're tied up in, in legal stuff, so so their hands are a bit tied behind their back. They they can't really. Uh, release all the stuff that that, that that they want to yeah that, you know, that that probably is part of the the part that makes everything i just moaned about irrelevant yeah. in that because they're tied up in the rights and all the other stuff that the bootleggers are doing what the vast majority of fans would otherwise not get to enjoy because when you compare some of these bootleg boxes with what was accomplished with Des- Destroyer Resurrected or Love Gun Deluxe Edition, both of those are laughable. Both of those are an absolute joke. Uh, in fact, I'd go so far as to call them a disgrace. 
when you compare those deluxe editions to, say, Black Sabbath, Heaven and Hell deluxe edition, Eternal Idol deluxe edition, Def Leppard mm-hmm. Pyromania deluxe edition, Hysteria, Adre- even Adrenalize, for God's sake, got a pretty good deluxe mm-hmm. edition. And Kiss can't even put together anything decent. I mean, Destroyer Resurrected ended up being Destroyer Resurrected. Couldn't even make it to two CDs, even though it started off with a much grander plan. And then they end up putting abominations on the Love Gun one. So be very careful what you complain about, be it bootlegs or things not being quite as good as they are, because at least they're better than nothing. Mark, your your thoughts on all of that? You know, uh, uh, I have quite a bit, but I'm going to say this. When you said that, you know, Daniel, how you said that they released the Love Gun Deluxe Edition and it didn't do very well, so they didn't, they're not going to take a chance anymore and make these kind of editions anymore. Number one, I, whenever I hear something like that, and I'm not saying you're wrong, you're probably 100% right, but it always makes me wonder, what does that say about KISS fans? You have a chance to get something in deluxe form, and then you don't go and support it. It totally tanks. And then now you're crying that there's not more stuff. Well, you had the chance to support it to 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 make it something that could have been successful. And then maybe the label has said, okay, well, great, it sold pretty decently. We can go on with another one. But no, people thought it wasn't good, so nobody bought it. And now they're all crying into their beers, saying that oh, we don't get any more deluxe edition. Well, if you would have bought the first one, then maybe there would have been more ones. Let's I'll just leave that for you to chew on. But the other thing is, um, I think in one way though. I feel kind of sorry for Kiss because of this whole, you know, rights being tangled up in other companies and that they don't have a means to get to some of the stuff. Because I think, frankly, I've been really spoiled. I mean, I love King Crimson. I can get all kinds of box sets from them. I can get all kinds of stuff online. I can go onto their site and they have concerts and live shows from every single concert date they've done in good quality, ADAT version, soundboard stuff fantastic stuff look at you and julian was even saying now about some of the deluxe editions that came out now well bowie put out a a a little small deluxe edition of his glastonbury appearance from 2000 i bought it small thing incredible fantastic audio it can even come with a dvd of the whole concert i mean come on man like there's so many other bands doing so look at metallica i mean i don't know julian if you watch every monday but i watch every monday those shows I mean, they have a they have a whole archive of shows that they can do for Mondays to come, and they don't charge anybody anything. You just go on YouTube at the time, and you know Lars does his little introductions, you know, dooder dooder, you know, and uh, he, he introduces his the the show, and for two hours, Metallica fans are happy. I mean, I'm not saying that you know Paul Stanley should appear every Tuesday now and you know introduce a concert from you know various times back, but wouldn't it be nice if they could? pull out one or two concerts or you know something that we haven't seen that's in their archive and put it on something i mean all these other bands are doing it look at metallica when they did their boxes sets for the kill em all releases for the <clears throat> ride the lightning the master of puffin ones those big boxes they were fantastic they came with seven inch picture discs and all kinds of stuff laminates and stuff like that you know some people aren't into that stuff so i can understand it's not for everybody those kind of ultra ultra packages but i love those things and you know they sold enough, obviously, that they continue to make them for their for each record. So, you know, I think a lot of it has to do back to the fans as well. I mean, they did the Love Gun thing; it didn't do well. Again, what does that say about the fans? What does it say about the people thinking about these products and you know and projects? Yeah. It says more about them than it does the fans. You know, Kiss apparently archived every single show on the reunion tour. Here's Metallica, who are basically, if you've looked at these last few Mondays that they put shows, are basically putting out fan multicams. Mm-hmm. Married with soundboard. Perfectly fine. I, I don't have any issue with anything that they've put out during these uh, these Monday sessions. I've enjoyed every single one. Sure, I prefer the HD you know, webcams from <laughs> recent tours a little bit more, just because yeah. in terms of show value, they are exquisite you know go watch finland any of those yeah. uh, absolutely stunning so kiss could technically be going into their archive 
and putting out all of these um, basically camera shows from the reunion tour going it's you know this date this date this date or you know pick the best of the week and putting it Mm -hmm. out you know they've already released some of them on kissology for god's sake you know some of them have already leaked out like columbus uh what is it Uh, orlando you know there there Mm -hmm. are a few of them that did get out so what are they doing with any of this so it really comes back to again the issues of they're either absolutely clueless they're either completely lazy or there again, we we I think I've said it before, and all of us have said it before. There are, there are so many issues that make it an impossibility. But going back to all this merchandise, CDs, we're gonna get some reissues in Japan, hopefully, because there's a mm-hmm. long time to go until August, of Best of Solos, first time ever on CD officially. Yeah. That is very cool, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. But we haven't had a proper CD release of anything since 1998 when the remasters came out everything has just been rehashed from that since so even when we get past the vinyl it's you know severely lacking so you know it's a weird situation on on the one hand you see what other bands are doing you see what other artists are doing neil young just dropped a new album bob dylan has a new album out obviously not recorded during covid and it just seems to be a, a a continuing catalog of missed opportunities. Where's Gene? Apart from the fact I'm blocked and still can't read his Twitter, but, you know, is he doing anything? Paul's at least made mm. an effort during this time. He's at least been on some podcasts uh, mm-hmm. with Richard Marks. He's done some song stories, which really petered out, which is a shame because I, I think he yeah, really could have he, he should have kept going, but just kept it very focused. I'm only talking about one song. This may be three minutes. This may be 30 minutes. Here's my guitar. I'm, instead, it all of a sudden became compacted and rushed. And, you know, Tommy and Eric, what are, what are they up to? So it's a weird time. So, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's also one thing is that we're so used that Kiss are on tour or about to go on tour. But now, when there are no tours, it becomes real obvious that they are lacking in other departments. I think the past few years, you've always had a, a tour to look forward to. Uh, you could always go online and, and look at some stuff from, from the tour. Uh, now it's complete silence, and it just shows maybe how it's going to be after this tour ends. It will be uh, hard times. Hard no times. Hard times. <laughs> thank, thank you, Daniel, for that optimistic and rosy outlook. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, COVID times. But has has merchandise become the bane of our lives? I mean, here, here we are. Some of us are complaining about the double platinum stuff. Um, some of us have purchased some of it. But... <laughs> are we ungrateful or is merchandise now kind of run its course when we we start thinking about kiss and everything that we've bought over the years now does it just become oh they're doing this snicker um ken you you buy a lot of this stuff yeah well i i don't buy everything um uh, but most of the stuff i do buy is music related whether it's or video and then there's there's another thing we haven't touched on yet either and then you just you just said it julian about the uh the reunion tour they recorded every one of those shows um and mark talked about you know releasing those free or whatever still they could they could put a nice reunion package together about the whole reunion and, and so on um and and release that uh, uh, they can pick you know the best songs from certain shows and release it and they can put it on CD they can put it on vinyl and and blu-ray or whatever uh, why not do that um, they probably should have done it at the 20 year anniversary of it um, so yeah the, the other stuff yeah they, they're rehashing some things but I guess it's all it's all we've got now. I mean, yeah, we hope for uh, maybe a new remaster of the CDs or something like that. Um, 
I'm just hoping that this rumored whatever package or this human just whatever it is box set that they're going to eventually put out will have you know be a proper maybe at least ending and to to get everything out there the demos and unrecorded you know unreleased demos and and other stuff live stuff videos whatever and like the Kissology series you know Kissology 4 which is we've been waiting for i don't know 10 years or more i don't know it's, it's just ridiculous at this point it's like come on you couldn't get this done by now they're not putting a lot of effort into it as far as i can tell yeah i mean it what's sad about it is that they're technically a operational band still like they're technically considered active mm-hmm. and then a band like rush who are now done you know neil Peart's, you know passed away you know the band is technically finished but yet they just released a permanent waves deluxe edition you know, mm-hmm. release that just came out. You know what I mean? And there will be a moving pictures one. You know, there's going to be a sure. signals one and they're going to go through and do it because the fans want it and they buy it. And I mean, kiss fans are what, some of the most loyal, supportive people you would think in that manner. And why they just don't, you know, well, we know why they don't do it. We just went through it a hundred times already now, you know, legal issues, this and that, but come on, there's gotta be a way to, you know, clear up some of them by now. I mean, come on, man. I mean, throw them a bone for crying out loud. You know, like it must. Well, you know what I'd love answered? Does this bother Paul and Gene when they see bands like Rush putting stuff out like this? Wouldn't they want to be, you know, talked of in the same sort of sentence with these other bands? Like, yeah, they saw this cool Rush thing. We're going to do something similar or, you know, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, doesn't it bother them? I mean, to not to not be able to do these kind of other things, it would bother me, you know? Like For, new, for every bandwagon they've hopped on, they never hopped on the... <laughs> The one, the one bandwagon <laughs> that actually matters a damn. Sorry, Ken, to interrupt you. No, no, I, I'm just, just like you know the newly recorded music. I mean, Julian mentioned Bob Dylan and all these other artists that are still putting out music, um, newly recorded music. Uh, you know, I, is it that these other artists? Is it because they have the drive to do it? Yeah. Do they? Are you doing it because they need the money? No, they're not. Bob Dylan doesn't need any money. Mm, he has to, they're musicians. It's, it's, you know, is he doing it? And I think a lot of them are doing it. Yeah, a little bit for themselves. I think they are doing it for the fans. And uh, I don't think Kiss is doing it for the fans anymore, to be honest. I really don't. I think how it's all for themselves. About, how long will Soul Station live in the? Uh, how long will Soul Station live in the can before it actually gets released? Daniel, you were going to say something. Mm, question. Uh, well, I just said we were talking about merchandise, and uh, Ken likes vinyl, and I like to buy old merchandise, and at mm-hmm. pretty cheap prices. Uh, I don't like belling out like uh, a few hundred dollars for items, but things like this. I bought this this week. Oh, nice. It's like a band. Kind of cool. You Animal know, a few ice. bucks. You you remember That's it nice. from from your childhood, looking at it, not uh, having the money to buy it, and then you find it, and buy and and you can get it. I still enjoy that kind of merchandise. Oh, yeah. old stuff from, mainly from the mid eighties, uh, for me. So so that's the stuff I buy. I buy. But when it comes to music, we all know that CDs are. They have a hard time moving units and vinyl. Well, the the diehards buy vinyl. Blu-ray is not selling as they thought it would, and DVDs are dead. So it's hard to put out that kind of material and and uh, thinking that you're going to make a buck. Uh, but but there are other things they could release. I really like the the book they did. Uh, was it with Ken Sharp, the one? Uh, 72 to 75. Nothing to lose. Yeah, nothing to lose. 
they could mm. continue that thing, for example. Because continue from where that left Yeah, up. yeah. 76 to 78, 79. I've got, like, the prototype art for Gods of Thunder. Yeah. Kiss, 1975 to 78. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Julie Ken Sharp yeah, needs yeah. to do it. You know, <laughs> well, it was the all thing is, they, they're sitting on material that no one else have. You know, commentary from Paul and Gene. That's always interesting. I think they had some great uh, commentaries in, in that book. And... Um, also, when you when you watch the Kissology videos, I I I tend to watch it with the commentary. It's very sparse the commentary, yeah. But uh, I do enjoy the stuff they're saying. I agree. Why can't they do more like that? You know, comment. Do it, do it they during, could just put up a camera and talk about the the show and what the commentary what during Kiss after. Meets the Phantom. You know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but that, that yeah, would probably, yeah. well actually, than, you know, just to interrupt you there. Kiss Meets the Phantom, today on Facebook, uh, Conversations with the Phantom. That's Ron Albanese. And Ron, if I butchered your surname there, I apologize. Um, posted that the writing is done on his book about the Phantom of the Park movie. A book. Just figure. Cool. Only a Kiss fan would think of dedicating a book <laughs> to kiss meets the phantom i tried <laughs> to do a very little token my, my part for the gene ace peter paul book was completely token because it was 1978 so it kind of had to be included this is a guy who's gone off and interviewed tons of people and, and ron's stuff with that that movie goes back to like the late 90s or at least 2001 on the kiss mm -hmm. asylum website so he's finally ready you know, or nearly there with that book. I mean, that's fantastic. That is niche. And Daniel, you've mentioned mentioned Carl, and uh, and Alex. You yeah. know, with those. They had things. a great success with uh, with Partners in Crime here in Sweden. It was only released in Swedish, but I I think they should have a look at having it translated because I think they could move quite a few units abroad as well. The first one was really great. You would. Like it, all of you, I think. Mm. A lot of kiss minutia, and they 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 really go deep into all kinds of stuff, and uh, I really enjoyed it. And they sold out that version, so so um, the company asked for another one, I think. And on the cover of that one, they have a picture from uh, the Rise to It video. You remember when mm -hmm. they put on the makeup and all that? Yeah. They have a, a fugly. Uh, picture of, of of Gene and Paul, you know, with a broken Gene's uh, mm -hmm. broken costume and and Paul yeah. Star is too big and all that kind of stuff, and they look sad. <laughs> so I'm, uh, it's going to be fun to see what they write this time around. So, so that's one coming out, and I have, I've heard some rumors that Nico from Italy, who ran the Strike magazine, uh, is starting to. Uh, scanning his photos in order to release some release a book uh, and from what i've seen it seems like he's focusing a bit on the revenge era so that can be something really interesting because uh, we had the take it off book released was it last year or this year it wasn't mm -hmm. so long ago it was pretty good last year but there's more more to be said uh, about that era so so i'm hoping that Nico can release something, and even if he doesn't write, even if he only writes his personal stories, uh, his, uh, uh, you know, he met the band a lot of times in a lot of countries, so I'm sure he has a lot of road stories that could be kind of interesting, and just use all that great photos he, he, he took. I mean, the Alive 3 photo with Jean blowing fire, that's one of his yeah. shots, one of his better ones, so... He's a great photographer, and uh, I hope he, he he completes that ID and releases something. I will surely buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Ken. Well, let me real quick. Now you're talking about the books. Uh, I know uh, Eddie Eddie Kramer is going to have a book too. Um, so as he I doesn't remember saying, anything. It's going to go hand after hand what he said about Bob. Please no. You know, or at least have someone fact check. He's gonna have a book. It's gonna yeah. go hand in hand, kind of. I think with the documentary about Eddie Kramer. So, yeah, can be something. Well, go you ahead. know, with books though, I think are another interesting thing too. And like one of the books that I've gotten really into, 
And me personally, being a guy who loves making my own music and mixing and stuff like that, one thing I'd love to see Kiss do is a book similar to this. I don't know how familiar you guys are with this book. It's the uh, the official recording thing for the Beatles thing. Mm -hmm. And it, they, they have like three books out now, like from the beginning to like guess up to help and then from help to so on and so forth to Revolver. And this one is uh, from Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band through Magical Mystery Tour. Now, they go through every little minutia bit of the recording and they even show you like how it got broken down on four track, like what they recorded on the <laughs> first four tracks. And then they mixed it together, put it down, did a couple of more recording tracks, mixed that down. And it goes through the whole procedure of each song in the book here. And like it even says at the beginning here, you know what they use. Paul McCartney used his, you know, used a Horner Pianet piano. Lennon used his Epiphone ES230 guitar. Uh, and it also, you know, and it says, you know, every little thing in here is talked about. You know, Ringo Starr used his 1964 Ludwig Oyster Black Pearl Super Classic drum set. So, and they go through every little bit of detail. They have all the microphones that they use, all the studio equipment. Like, it's down to every little bit of detail in here. And every time this this gentleman, uh, Jerry Hammock, releases this these books, I always buy them. Because mm -hmm. I, I just fascinated by what they did to get these final recordings. Like, how many times, like that song, Your Mother Should Know, like they, they went, there's a one four-track session, they dumped it down to two, recorded another two tracks, dumped that all down. Like there's four or five different times they had to bounce stuff down on these songs, and they still sounded as fantastic as these, some of these songs did. You know what I mean? It's, I'd love to mm -hmm. hear like or see a book with something like this on how they recorded like, you know, Rock and Roll Over or or how Bob did Destroyer, you know, I know it's hard for me to believe that I said that, but, you know, <laughs> I'd love to know some of the some of the little details of these recordings, you know what I mean? Or to even talk about, you know, you know, Di yeah. Dynasty. I, I love that record. I'd love to know what some of the techniques they did to make those songs, you know? Mm -hmm. I think KISS fans would really appreciate, they could say almost anything as long as they talk about recordings, live performances, or road stories they could just mm. go off and talk about anything and people would eat it up mm. i mean mm. uh, sure uh, to have that look behind the scenes it's always kind of interesting and knowing the stories behind the, the stuff so something with that would be great and a book uh, always i think they sold quite a few copies of of uh, nothing to lose so yeah, i don't know why why they stopped yeah, that the kind of book versus a self-help book or what? Oh, that was terrible. Yeah, why, why? Why did they stop? Because someone has to actually do the work. Yeah. Do you, do you, <laughs> Once do you again, think, do you think Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley actually sat there doing any of the effort that it took to make nothing to lose? No, that's someone oh. basically engineer and doing all the work and then bringing it to them and it basically becoming their book. So. You know, eventually maybe they find people who will do all that effort and then give it to them. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's yeah. delivered to them essentially on a platter, perhaps, I, I have no idea. You know, I'm in a lucky position that my publisher is always screaming at me for new books. You know, that's the nice part about being self-published. Right, Mark? Yeah. You know, yeah, your your record label is always calling for it. Where's the next record? You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it, it's, uh, a, we haven't mentioned it's a different the... level. The Elephant in the Room, the book that we've been waiting for for quite some time, and uh, everyone's mm. hoping it's, it's being released. He actually, from what I heard, he, he had hopes of, of getting getting a hold of Paul and Jean and, and maybe somehow getting it released officially, but uh, I it's think not nothing happened there. It's, it's not how no. it works no. in, at uh, all. But, We'll see about that book, but but the the snippets we have seen from it, the the well, looks real great. Seen the same snippets yeah. for years. Yeah, yeah. Like, hopefully I know this. We're and and I and I know Ross was on a podcast recently where he held up a, yeah. a you know that sheet of paper that he held up on the last video that he did a, you know a year ago. I hope it comes out. Yeah. I mm -hmm. really we all really do. hope that it comes out, but uh, again. You, mm. you eventually have to show some progress. You actually have mm. to show the people who are funding your dreams that you're actually doing some work and what you're doing. 
because yeah. you know what? I don't care about Gene and Paul when it comes to magic. That's irrelevant. That would actually, you know, I, I, my opinion on that's oh. been well publicized. It's in, in print. It's been on the shows. I would rather it be a book that is 100% his vision without it ever getting near. Fan, yeah. You know, fan a, a fan book. But it's it's so much more complex than anything I've had to deal with or would ever want to deal with that, you know, it's just not even worth. It'll either come out or it won't. I, I can't lose sleep over it anymore. I'll wait for, you know, maybe I'll have to start getting into those $400 bootleg boxes to see <laughs> You know, well, I saw the Dynasty one. Someone did a flip through of the booklet that came with that yeah. Dynasty. And that was impressive. I'm like, gee, yeah. you know. That's basically Ken, you'll next day, time we see day each other, by you'll day have one. I, day by day <laughs> the first three you'll months have of one the, of those I promise you of the okay. dynasty tour. I'll look it. For it. <laughs> all right let's before we wrap up I just want to go into a couple of quick uh, quick well I guess quick topics from the board since that's what this <laughs> show is about, supposed to be about uh, 1990 the rise to it video we've already kind of talked oh, about yes. uh, yeah. Paul Splodgy star the kind of ill-looking costumes the awkwardness mm -hmm. what were your thoughts back then when you first saw that video and saw them back in makeup for the first time in years daniel well the first time i saw it was on so on some sort of bootleg uh, vhs uh, i got in the early 90s and there was also an, uh, an interview included with paul uh, well, I, I, back in the day i thought it felt fresh with the makeup and i didn't really uh, mind, I thought it was kind of peculiar that they had, um, you know, costumes from different eras. I thought that mm. was kind of peculiar. But when I saw it, I thought they looked kind of good and, and it felt fresh. And I, I had never seen, uh, you know, the makeup kiss. Uh, it has all had always been the, the no makeup kiss for me. So I thought it was kind of fresh. And it wasn't until later when I saw pictures from the session that I noticed how off they looked but you know as I mentioned previously with the star what looked kind of strange and, and and the costume was actually broken and old uh, and the makeup wasn't really well done on, on, on Gene either but but uh, when he walked out you know in, in at the end of the video Gene he looked kind of demonic and I'm, I was thinking man it could be kind of cool if they put that on once again so that was my feel when I saw it the first time Ken, how about you? Yeah, when I saw it, I thought, uh, you know, it was a cool thing. It's like I wasn't expecting that, you know. Um, but this is the time right now, or that time period, uh, hot in the shade, where they started, you know, they ignored the the 70s and the makeup era. Through, you know, once they took off the makeup, they really ignored it, ignored it in every which way. Plus, uh, you know, musically in concert, you know, they just didn't play those songs, a lot of the songs from the 70s. So this is the one time they got back and, you know, they obviously they're starting to, you know, touch on the 70s again. And and the tour, you know, they had, they played, they pulled out the songs like I Stole Your Love, right? Was the, open, you know, opening song uh, on that. So they... They started to, uh, I think they, in their mind, they were starting to, you know, you know what, that was a pretty good run we had back in the 70s and early 80s with the makeup. Uh, and they started to give the fans, you know, I think the fans what they really wanted um, is is the, the older music and mixed with some of the newer music. But I thought it was a cool thing that they did that with the makeup. I thought it looked a little funny. Like Daniel said, the makeup was a little off here or there, but you know, it was. I thought, you know, it was cool. I was like, man, I'd like to see them back in the makeup again. I think it really started in '89 with Paul's tour, didn't it? He started to 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 didn't to play "I Stole Your Love" and "I Want You" on the few solo hours, tour, so. yeah. Yeah, I think I it started with, with that tour, actually. Actually started on the second half of the Crazy Nights tour. When yeah, a little bit to, there. When they went to well. Japan, I think Calling Dr. Love that and Strutter came back. Oh, that's right. The yeah. balance really started to shift, and you know, then you had rumors of a reunion going on at the same mm -hmm. time. So, they played with with Ace uh, on stage yeah. as, yeah, that, as that well. That anniversary was, uh, what was that, June? You know, the yeah. limelight. Okay. So, 
you know, yeah. it, it all kind of came together around that time. I, I remember I didn't see that for years after it came out, but I saw pictures of it on all the magazines at the time, and I was like, God, they look stupid. They, yeah. they just didn't look right. I think, you know, Paul's face had changed, and the makeup wasn't applied properly, and it was all rushed. And then I saw the video, or the, the multiple versions of the video, and I thought the video mm-hmm. was cool. It was like a, it was kind of almost mm-hmm. ironic in a way. Yeah, it doesn't matter if we take the makeup, and we'll still be a vet. Whereas it absolutely is not the case when you really look back to it. <laughs> yeah. It's like a complete failure. Mark, your thoughts? Well, I, I remember when I first saw the video, I thought it was, you know, pretty cool. I mean, I I saw it right around the time it came out on Much Music. They played it a few times. Well, one of the things I found interesting, though, was a couple of years later, I was, you know, when I was in some of my earliest bands that I was in, I was at a friend's house and he had much music on all the time at his house. And we were uh, getting ready to go to a practice and a couple of his other friends were in there just hanging out and it came on the video. And then we just hung around and watched it. And then that part came at the end and then we started, you know, just, you know, commenting, oh, that's cool that he did that. And this and that. And the one guy who was sitting in there just looked at us and goes, you know what they were doing there, right? And we're like, what? They go, they were fishing. I go, what do you mean they were fishing? He goes, they were fishing for a reaction to see if the fans would start talking about it. Because he, he goes, you know that they were thinking about doing it, but this was their first stab at seeing what the fan reaction would be. If there was no reaction, they wouldn't even give it a second thought and just say it was just a little fun thing they did. But if it was caught, but if they did caught on, if it did catch on with the fans, I think that they would have set the wheels in motion. Now, he was totally convinced of that, that that's why they did it. To, to send out a feeler to see if this is worth pursuing or not, which I always thought was interesting that he thought that. Very cool. Interest. Yeah, very interesting perspective. Yeah. I guess, thank goodness, they then sent out the questionnaires for revenge. Because, uh, <laughs> otherwise, Lonnie wouldn't be happy. So, sorry, Lonnie. I just can't help myself when it comes to that album. All right, there we are. That's a whole bunch of stuff uh, merchandise, books, um, this and that. Topics from the board, I guess topics for the board would be more uh, appropriate with the B-O-R-E-D spelling of the word. All right, that's it for this week. Hopefully we'll see you again soon. So for now, from Daniel, from Mark, Ken, and myself, thank you for joining us. Take care, stay healthy, see you soon. See ya. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final, there are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.